following program is sponsored by friends and partners of Oasis Ministries. Now, I ain't just talking about Muhammad or Ali or Buddha. I'm talking about the I Am, Emmanuel, Jehovah, the Creator, the Life Giver, the Sustainer, the Lily of the Valley, the Prince of Peace, King of Kings. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And if you just stopped right there, now Genesis is the first verse tells us what happened, what he did. But the second verse is starting, actually, the second verse started before the first. Listen to this. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And when just the Spirit of God moved, Connected with nothing, nothing happened. Nothing's created, nothing's happened. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's Spirit's moving this way. And God speaks and said, let there be light. And when His Word meets His Spirit, when His Word touches His Spirit, when His Word touches His Spirit, things begin to happen. And, and, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Now, let's, let's take this a little further. I wanted to preach this for a long time. The first time I ever preached this. John 1, 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word, how many know that Word was Jesus. That Jesus was made flesh, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And for 30 years, nothing happened. For 30 years, I can't find where one blind eye opened, where one deaf ear heard, where one crippled person walked, where he took a few fish and loaves of bread and felt a multitude. I can't find where he, he did any of that for 30 years, and yet he was the Word. Mm, hallelujah. The Word was walking around and nothing wasn't happening. The Word was walking around and nobody's life was being affected. The Word was walking around and nobody's being called, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. The Word was walking around and water wasn't being turned to wine. The Word was walking around and devils weren't being cast out. The Word was walking around and it was having no effect on its surroundings. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, Satan will try so hard to get us out of balance till we become all about the Spirit. Let's just go to church and shout and have a good time. Bible don't matter. don't matter if we preach or not, if we live good or not. Let's just have a lot of Spirit. Then we got the other group. It's all got to be about the Word. And they're, they're so about the Word that they have no Spirit, no freedom, and neither one of them is really having to move. Some of them shouting real good, but nobody's life's being changed. This, this generation's not been affected. But if we can have a, a congregation, and if we can have the Spirit and the Word, hallelujah, if, if, we can, if we can say that Bible means what it says, and it says what it means, if it says no sin's going to get to heaven, then we need to live right to make heaven our home. If it says love folk, we need to love folk. If it says love the Lord our God with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of might, we need to love that Word. But if we can love that Word and have His Spirit, <clears throat> no enemy can stand before us. No enemy can stand before us. No enemy. So, now for 
For 30 years, for 30 years, the words walked. For 30 years, the words walked by the sick. And when he got past them, they were still sick. This is touchy preaching. For 30 years, he's walked by the blind. And when he got on the other side, just as much the word as he was in the beginning or just as much the word as he was on the cross. But for 30 years, he's walked by the sick and nobody got healed. The bruised and nobody got encouraged. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Who hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. If we take our little old Bibles and we try to just, just preach our Bibles without the Spirit of God, we're going to kill folk. We're, going, we're just going to condemn each other and beat each other up. Because just this letter, you can take it. And our flesh cannot comprehend it or reach to the level that it wants to bring us to. <clears throat> but if we get the Spirit of God, it'll bring life. Now watch this. The Spirit's about to meet the Word in Matthew 3.13. Then come Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of Him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just, just immediately after that, in, in Matthew 4.17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4.19 And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Something happened when the Word met the Spirit. Hallelujah. When the Word came to the Spirit, something began to happen. Hallelujah. Ministers of this generation, I think, and I know I would have loved to sit under Isaiah or Apostle Peter or, or St. Paul how those men must have preached and how Jesus must, must what a preacher he must have been. But I'm not sure outside of Jesus that any other generations had any other great preachers than what our generation has. If you'd be honest, they some of the greatest preachers that you and I have sat under and heard, whether it be a tape or a CD or television or we've heard in person. Our generation has some great, great warranters, some great speakers, some great preachers. But if we got all this great preaching, why is sin so rampant and why is it not having the effect that, that it could have or that it should have? Could it be could it be that we put these preachers under such pressure? And, and I'm, I'm just going to be real honest today. If, if a preacher's not careful, if you're not careful and keep your motives right, people put you under pressure that you got to perform better this week than you did last week. But I found out a long time ago, this thing's not about performing. Hallelujah. This thing's not about trying to outdo what I did last week or outdo you or compete with you. This thing is bringing God to the people and people to God. Hallelujah. And I don't care how good we preach if we don't touch lives, it's all in vain. If lives are not touched and affected, it's all in vain. Hallelujah. So this word, and I use it, I use it a lot, and some of you use it, but I use this word a lot. I've got a word for you. I feel like God's given me a word. Preacher, do you have a word? This word has been so casually used in America that preachers are under such an effort to get a word. They'll pray, but I 
I'm, I'm, I'm just going to bare my heart. We're going to go summers today. Huh? You, you, a drunk man can get a word. A drug addict can get a word. A, 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 a lawyer, a philosopher, they can read this Bible. That Bible's got some beautiful stories in it. It's got some, it's got some revelations in it. It's got some depth in it. And you can read this word and study this word and you can get up and write out your sermon and you can give a fairly decent sermon and not even be right with God. Hallelujah. Only thing it calls to bring a word is some time in study. Hallelujah. If a man's willing to study and read commentaries and read books and read his Bible, he can get a word. Uh, why, why are you preaching? I'm preaching. Why is there so much word going on in churches in America and nobody's changing. Why is there so much word going on? So much good stuff being preached. Why is there stuff being preached that we've never heard preached before and it's not having a great effect? I believe, I believe people have thought they forgot that it's not just the word that's going to make a difference. we got to bring a presence with the word. Hallelujah. 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 And I believe, believe that's what the Lord's been letting us taste of the last few weeks down here to make us hungry. But friend, you're going to have to realize, you're going to have to realize for, for about 18 months or a little, for a little bit over two years I was satisfied to have a word from Sheila I was satisfied with the voice over a telephone I was satisfied with a little old letter from Sheila I was satisfied with the word but after about two years I realized honey a word don't satisfy me anymore I need your presence hallelujah call calls it at midnight when I'm crying just reading the letters not enough but if you were there to hold my hand it would make a difference hallelujah when I'm riding down the road to Texas by myself just hearing your voice on a recorder or something that only helped but if you were in that vehicle with me it would make all the difference somebody ought to stand to your feet and just thank God for his word but tell him it's not enough I need your presence hallelujah would somebody do that out loud Lord I, I thank you for my Bible and I thank you for what the preacher preaches but sometimes I need more than that I need you to crawl in my automobile and ride down the road with me I need you to be my personal God sometimes I need more than just a word I need your presence. I need your presence. Hallelujah. I need your presence. It's his presence that's going to heal our broken heart. It's our presence that's going to renew us. It's our presence that's going to keep us from looking away. Hallelujah. Oh, I just got a revelation right then. It's not the marriage certificate on the wall that's going to make me be faithful to Sheila. It's my love for her. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give Jesus a praise out loud. You're not going to hold on just trying to live by the book if we don't have the presence of God. Preacher, you got a word. Well, we had an awesome word last week. You ought to be casting out devils and healing the sick. But we're always needing a new word and a fresh word. Faith word, a healing word, evangelistical word, salvation word. Here's what I want to talk about. Go with me to Exodus 33. To bring a word. To bring a word. And, 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 and I'm not just talking to preachers. I want to talk to everybody that lives in the public. If you, if you work in public, if you go to Walmart, if you go to town, if you have somebody you text or cell phone or Facebook with, if you're exposed anyway, I want to talk to you. It's not enough to give this generation a word from God. You need to give them the presence of God. So I want to talk to everybody in this building. For you to give somebody a word from God, all you got to do is pick up your iPad and go to uh, uh, John 3.16, copy, or copy, and then go back to your Facebook and paste it. Take you about two and a half minutes to give somebody a word. 
And that word's good and that word's kind and that word's great. But that word alone is not enough to heal a broken heart. So it's only going to cost you two or three minutes to give somebody a word. But for you to give somebody presence, it's going to cost a lifestyle. It's not picking up a Bible 30 minutes before church and trying to find something to preach. You can, do, you can get that and you can get a word. But if you're going to bring His presence, it's got to be a lifestyle. Hallelujah. They got to be, you got to want Him more than you want anything. Go with me to Exodus 33. While you're turning there, I'm going to read Psalm 16 and 11. Thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand they are pleasures forevermore. Reading this, the best I can find. David wrote Psalm 16 not long after he's went to being king. Now David's not sleeping on the ground on a, on a little piece of sheep rug. That when he wrote this, David's went from, from, from living out by himself, rejected by his father. Even his own dad didn't have no confidence in him. Living out by himself. David's went from that now he's living in a palace. He's got he's got golden beds. He's got silvers waiting on him. There's ivory hanging everywhere. And David looks around at all of it. And he went back from that tent where he is now. And he said, "All this stuff's good, but it's not what makes me happy. In Thy presence is fullness of joy." Hallelujah! Somebody ought to about shout right now. We don't we we went from our outside little bathrooms to our inside plumbing. We went from eating soup beans five days a week. We're down to two days a week. But friend, that's still not what makes me happy. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We went from an automobile you had to work on every time you drove it to something you can depend on. You went from living in a little house that leaked every time it rained. You got a good roof. But I wish somebody would be honest and say, God, you really blessed me, but that's not what makes me happy. In thy presence is fullness. Would somebody just give him a praise out loud? In thy presence is fullness of joy. David recognized it. God promised Joshua that no enemy would stand before him when God's presence was with him. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with thee. Exodus 33, 1. A lot of preaching there. The Lord said unto Moses, Depart, go up hence. Moses is looking for a word to go preach to three and a half million people. Here's your sermon Sunday morning, Moses. Go tell them. The Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up and... Thou and the people that thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt and the land which I swore unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I'll send an angel before thee, and I'll drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. You go tell them, and we could just stop right there. Moses could have folded up his Bible and wrote his notes down. said, Man, I've got a sermon to preach today. And that's where a lot of people in America would have done. What a lot of brothers and sisters, what a lot of preachers, that's okay, I've got a word. God's given us a land. We're going up. We're not only going up, He's going to send angels before us. It's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. And he could have stopped right there and said, I got me a sermon. But the next thing God said, He said, But I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And this is where I honor Moses. Moses stood there in 33-7 and Moses stood there and he said, Lord, if you're not going, I'm not going up. It's not enough to have a prosperity word. I don't want to go where you're not going with me. It's not enough to preach to somebody, God's going to bless you. I'm not going if you're not going with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know how to say some of this. It's burning my heart. But we've got a generation that's settled for a word from God without the presence of God. 
God. But we need to realize the blessing may run out, but the blesser won't run out. If you just run off with the blessing every once in a while, that blessing will run dry. But if you'll stay with the blesser, he'll put food on your table in the famine. He'll put healing in your life in the time of sickness when the enemy comes in like a flood. Hallelujah. Don't you trade the blessing for a blesser. Don't you trade it, friend. You hold on to Jesus. Somebody hold on to Jesus. Go with me to Exodus 33, 7. Now, they realized that something critical was happening. And I hope that this gets some attention on the airways when we telecast it. And they realized that, hey, we're having church without God. We're, we're having a pretty fire little move, but I'm not even positive God's showing up and we're preaching the Bible, but I'm not even sure the Lord's here. When they sat down, they said, what are we going to do? Exodus 33, 7, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, off from the camp, and he called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Hallelujah. Prayerless preachers are like prayerless speakers. Hallelujah. I wish all over this room something new would stir in your heart. You said, I want the presence of God in my life like I've never had it before. I want the presence of God. I I just don't want a good three-hour service. I want to go home feeling the presence of God. I want to wake up feeling the presence of God. I want to experience the presence of God. Exodus 33 and 8, and he came to pass when Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man in his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake on to Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. And he turned to go. Hey friend, this is Brother Anthony Wynn. God bless all of our Facebook friends. What an honor to be friends with you as we make this journey from earth to heaven. I, I want you to pray about partnering with us with our Oasis TV ministry. The, the, it's the outreaches grow. We're on 19 large stations, 200 HD stations. We, we, we went into over 21 new million homes. So God has been kind to us. Our outreach is growing and growing. Souls are being touched. Life's changed. We have little widow women that support us. We have, we have teenagers that partner with us. Some send in 5, 10, 20. Some send in large donations each month. Will you pray about becoming a partner with us? Sheila and I and Mike and Jesse and the team here at Oasis TV Ministry here in Athens, Tennessee. We love you. God bless you. Will you be part of this end time harvest? Hold our hands up like they did Moses. We can't do this without your help and without the blessings of the Lord. Thank you and God bless you. And he turned to go into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. This tells me if you and I will get a hunger for God, for the presence of God, God will come to us. If we'll start seeking, God, I want, I want your presence in my home. I want this depression to go. I want this arguing. I want this fussing go. I want this old turmoil out of my home. I want the presence. Would 25 people stand to your feet and tell God, give me a hunger to get the presence of God back in my home? 
Give me a thirst to get the presence of God back in my home. I want joy in my home, and I want peace in my home, and I want a solemnness and a surrender to God. Oh, somebody go ahead and reach for the Lord. I want mercy in my home. We ought, you ought to be so close to God that people feel on your grounds. They feel the peace of God. You ought to be so close to God that people that's tormented can pull on your property, and they feel the unction of God, and they feel hope, and they feel mercy. Hallelujah. Peace that passeth all understanding. Hallelujah. Somebody, one, one of the government officials that live in this county, they may even hear me tell this story. They may never come and sit in this church, but they said one of their grandbabies was diagnosed with just a horrible report. They said, Brother Wynn told me personal, Brother Wynn, we watch your program just all the time. We're of another faith. If we went there, some of our church folk might not like it, but we watch your program all the time. But our grandbaby was diagnosed with a horrible report, and at least three to four days a week, about midnight, I'd get my husband up and I'd say, we got to go out and sit in that little parking lot out there. Every time I go out there and pray, I feel something. I just feel hope for this baby. And just a few weeks later, God turned that thing around. We all begin to pray and God heal that little old baby. Hallelujah. There ought not just be something about the way us. There ought to be something about where you are. There ought to be a peace that passeth all understanding. Hallelujah. We were in Pennsylvania about 12, 12 14 years ago, driving through Pennsylvania. And they were such an eeriness came, just, just a heaviness. I, I turned to Sheila. I said, I had such peace and victory. I said, I feel such a heaviness now. I said, I don't know what's going on. Do you feel that? And she said, I do. She said, I just feel, she said, it's not really fear. It's just such a pressure. And we got on to church that night as a new church and we preached and some of them was crying. They said that a satanic cult up the road had, had sacrificed, had kidnapped and sacrificed. I think it was a 12-year-old child. There's a witchcraft occult there in that part of Pennsylvania that they did that to that child. And when I asked them where it was and right when we were coming, where that thing had happened, just about two days before, we could feel the pressure of it. If I can feel demonic pressures, hallelujah. If I can go to Jamaica and just walk through certain streets and they, and they told me later, I started to walk down the street witness to people and I felt a check. They told me later, they said, Brother Wynn, if you'd have walked down that street, you may not walk down on the other side. But I felt a check of just the demonic pressure. If I can feel demonic pressure, why can't we get close to God till the hurting and the bruised and the broken can feel the peace of God? Why can't we get close enough to God? Jack Cole preached a great campaign in 1953 in Dallas, Texas. Leaves his tent and he's not preaching. He's wore out. It's one or two o'clock in the morning and he gets in an elevator and a woman of wealth starts squalling in the elevator. She says, is your man of God? I've not felt God in so long. I feel conviction. I need to get saved. He, he, she wasn't one of the 20,000 he preached to. She was just somebody got around. We, oh, hallelujah. I want more of God. I want more of God. I want more of God. I need more than just a word. I need more than just a verse. I need the glory of God. I want to experience God. I want to know God. Exodus 33, 14, and he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I'm going to give you rest. 33, 15, and he said, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. I'm not going if you don't go. Where I'm not going if you don't go. 33, 17, and the Lord said unto Moses, I'll do this thing that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. 
Show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. Can I tell Miracle Deliverance Tabernacle Church to start getting ready? We think we've seen the glory when somebody shouted or somebody fell out. I'm seeing something in the spirit, friend. If we'll just keep praying a little bit. This worship team keeps praying and pushing, and these little saints keep praying and pushing. I see a glory. I see a glory where diseases will fall off, where yokes will be destroyed. I was preaching the other night about, about that when Peter's in prison. He came out of prison. He didn't get a text. He didn't get a cell phone call. He didn't get an email. He just went where somebody was praying down at Murray's house. I see I see people hallelujah, laying their drugs down and walking in here and getting delivered. I see people laying their guns down about to get suicide, walking in here and getting delivered. Why? They're going to come where the glory of God is. Hallelujah. Our lives will never be the same if we can taste of the glory of God. I don't want to settle for average church. I want to see His glory. He said, I beseech thee, 33, 18, show me thy glory. And the Lord told him, he said, son, it's not something that just happens. It takes a process. And I'll make all my goodness pass before thee. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I'll be gracious. Exodus 33, 19. And I'll make all my goodness pass before thee, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I'll show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Then the Lord said, Thou canst not see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Now this is before Calvary. The Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. It shall come to pass when my glory passes by that I'll put thee in the cliff of the rock and I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, something moving in this room. He said, son, I got a little cliff, a hollow place. I'm going to put you in that rock. There's a little path and I'm just going to walk by. He said, he said, you can't see my face. If you see my face, you can't live. He said, so, so I'm going to cover you. And he said, when I, when I get by, I move my hand. I'm going to let you see my hinder parts. Something moving in this room right now. Hallelujah. And it came to pass when my Exodus 33:22. And it shall come to pass while my glory passes by that I'll put thee in the cliff of the rock and I'll show thee, I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by. Exodus 33:23. And I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my hind parts, but my face shall not be seen. This man got so hungry for God, God said, I'm going to come down. Now, you've got to understand, I'm preaching two covenants today. I'm back in the Old Covenant right now. I'm back in the Old Testament. This was before Calvary. Now I can behold his face. Before Calvary, all you could see was his hinder parts. You looked on the face of God. There'd be such a glory, it would consume you. Because the blood hadn't yet changed man, redeemed him, so he could be acceptable before God. So you got to hear this for a minute. And I'm just, please don't get upset at me about it. This has been in my heart 20-some years, and I get to preach it about every five years. And it's been rolling over and over and over. When, Mo, when, when, no, when Moses saw the hinder parts of God, what did he see? Did he see a tall man, a short man, a slim man, a wide man, a red man, a white man, a black man, a yellow man? When he saw the hinder parts of God, what did Moses see? I believe God is a spirit. 
And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. God is eternity. We call it time. God is eternity. I believe when he saw the hinder parts of God, he saw way back there. Hallelujah. Moses wasn't there. They say Moses wrote Genesis. Moses wasn't there in Genesis 1 and 1 when the Spirit of God moved across the face of the deep, but he wrote about it. When did he get the revelation? I believe God gave him the revelation when he got hungry. And he said, I want to see your glory. I'll show you my glory. I'll show you I'm a creative God. I'll show you I'm an all power for God. I'll show you that I am the I am. I'll show, hallelujah, you want to see my glory? I'm going to show you all I have to do is say, let there be light and light will begin to shine. All I have to do is say, let there be eagles and eagles will begin to fly. Hallelujah, Moses wasn't there on day one when the Spirit of God moved across the face of the deep, but somehow he wrote about it. He wasn't there on day two when God made the firmament and divide the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And God called the firmament in heaven and the evening in the morning were the second were the second day. He wasn't there, but he wrote about it. When did he get the revelation of it? I believe when he saw the hinder parts of God. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but if you and I will get this hunger that Moses had, we won't have to see the hinder parts of God. We won't be seeing that God moved for Jacob and he moved for Abraham and he moved for Paul. We'll be talking about, did you hear about Jerry? He got a miracle. Did you hear about Rita? She got a miracle. Did you hear about Brenda? She got a miracle. Did you hear about that family? Did, did you hear about Anita? Hallelujah. Did you hear about the miracle? We won't be talking about it way back there. We'll be talking about face to face. Hallelujah. 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 I wish I, I wish I, somebody get with me. I can't settle for just church. I want to see the glory of God. I can't settle for just church. I can't settle for just a ritual. I can't settle for just doing the same thing over and over. I don't want to be the children of Israel and take 40 years.